fight and we don't have to kill everybody in the whole wide world really just needs to chill no we don't have to fuss no 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 we don't have to fight here we are episode seven just chill with oliver george uh the light is on. I did not forget this time on the air. It's on the notes. It says turn on light. It is in the notes. I did not forget. Um, another thing I'm not going to forget is to tell you guys the contact info that no one is reaching out to. Uh, <laughs> if you, for some reason, want to send any kind of message to the show, I'm here, ready to read them. Just chill podcasting at gmail.com. Send them in. Uh, now to introduce our wonderful guest, Matthew Champ. Wonderful is a little bit hype, you know? Yeah, it's true. I guess I'm, I'm setting you high, but yeah. I think you're wonderful. Okay, thank you. I would go with okay. From our limited interactions, <laughs> yeah. You could be a totally different person on a deeper level, and I just haven't figured it out yet. Maybe we'll figure it out today. Maybe. Maybe. Um, this guy right here is a co-host of his own podcast, and we've already had your co-host on here. Yeah, yeah, Chris Kingsbury. Yeah, and that is the Daddy Issues podcast. Daddy Issues with Champ and Kingsbury. Oh, with Champ and Kingsbury, because sorry. Because there is a podcast called the Daddy Issues podcast, and anytime we tag ourselves as Daddy Issues podcast, they always like our stuff. Just to be like, fuck off. Yeah, exactly. Drop the name. And then we also make fun of, uh, do you know who Dean McDermott is? Sounds really he's, familiar. He's, he's an like actor a or no? Canadian actor yeah, yeah. who cheated on his wife with Tori Spelling and then hooked oh, up with Oh, okay, her. yeah. I thought so, his name was Dylan McDermott. Dylan. No, yeah, Dean, Dean McDermott. Dylan McDermott is another actor okay. who's on American That's Horror That's who I was Story. probably thinking of. I don't know. Dean McDermott hosted a, um, a Canadian food show, Canadian version of Chopped or something like that uh, as okay. well. I have not seen but that. But we call him Douchebag McDermott because like the week before <laughs> we came out with Daddy Issues with Champion Kingsbury, he came out with Daddy Issues with Dean McDermott. Oh, and we're like, brutal. oh, motherfuck. It's kind of <laughs> like that with anything I find these days, right? Like yeah. you get a good idea and you Google it and it's almost always taken already. Yeah, it's just not original enough, I guess. Yeah, you got to do some really, really weird title that no one else could have ever thought of in a million years. That's kind of the way to go. So that's why Daddy Issues with Champ and Kingsbury spells dick as an acrostic poem. Oh, yeah, you guys told yeah. me this. That's amazing. <laughs> <laughs> and uh, I actually went on your guys' podcast, which I thought was just fun because I'd only done a few episodes. I, I've still only done a few episodes of this, but it was interesting to kind of be a guest instead. Yeah, and like your your studio is much nicer than ours. We have an unfinished basement and just put up some... Um, it's pretty chill. It, 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 we call it the murder room because it has the vibe that you could get murdered. It kind of has like a Dexter kill room thing yeah, going on for yeah. sure. Minus the comic books. Yeah, dude. Like that's, I'm just trying to hang up stuff to, it's to like cover the, the death. If the comic book store guy from the Simpsons like went crazy and, and wanted to murder people, he would probably do it <laughs> like that. Yeah, that's fair. Or someone that was like trying to murder a famous comic writer and surround them with, because isn't that what Dexter did? He would like put their victims he, on the walls or something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Or he, well, he did the room in like that white. He would always tarp everything the, the tarping off. Tarping yeah, stuff, yeah. but then he'd like put up like the photo of the victim. and Which is kind of a, I mean, if you're going to kill someone. That at least is a way of being like, hey, man, you, you know you deserve it. <laughs> uh, that was a pretty good show, actually, but I heard they really, really fell off. I stopped watching literally right before the last season, and that's the season where everyone said it just ruined it. I thought it went bad when they brought Julia Stiles in. Uh, like yeah, I know apprentice. what you mean. It wasn't my favorite season. No. No. Uh, but but I finished it out. You know, they set it up solidly to be able to reboot it whenever they want to. Yeah, like he moves to South America or something? No, right? he moves to, like, Canada. What? Becomes, I thought he became he a, lumberjack a lumberjack in like South America. Oh, I thought it was in Canada. I don't know. <laughs> Either way, that sounds kind of ridiculous. Just the fact that he got away with it always seemed like not the way to go for that show. Like it, he was killing the right people, but he was still killing people. He was still a murderer. Like, I don't know. It, you're not watching it to really like he's he's an antihero, like the Punisher, right? I guess. And I guess like to me, those people, they have a great story, but I feel like in the end, if you are going to end it, it almost seems like they should get their comeuppance because they're not totally innocent. You know what I mean? That's fair. He did. He does technically lose everything and has to live with that. Yeah, right. There's maybe behind or something. Yeah. What? He had to leave his kids. Yeah, behind, he had to right? leave his yeah. kids behind, and he he killed his sister. And oh, spoilers. Shit. Yeah. No, no, that is a spoiler. I don't care. Mind you, I, I give up on it a while ago. You know. It's shitty. Well, that that got really weird in the last season too because they made it that she was starting to fall in love with him or something. Um, and she was having all these confusing feelings, even though they were brother and sister, but they weren't blood. So yeah, it, it's still weird if you ask me. It was like, you know, how you can just be built up to something so fantastic and let down. Like you've got Lost, Game of Thrones. Game of Thrones is the one everyone's Sopranos. been shitting on. Yeah, <laughs> you know, Sopranos. We had someone on here who was saying, was it Chris? Maybe 
Someone was talking about how they thought the the ending was genius because it was like it was Chris. He was saying you were in. Uh, it's like you're in the mafia, and that's what people didn't get is like your character that you've been watching as just got iced, and that's why it just goes blank all of a sudden. Okay, okay, that's cool, cool. Inter- that's... interpretation. Um, yeah, it's kind of funny actually that your guys' podcast started kind of similar to mine. I think you guys were a couple months before me. Yeah. Um, well, we started the planning back in December because my basement was unfinished and it was like full of, of crap. So we just had to literally move stuff and then build the renovate, studio yeah. and it was, so yeah, you're a couple of months ahead. Cause we started doing the same thing down here in like February for a few months, kind of cleaning up. But uh, what not a lot of people will know, if there's anyone who actually listens to both your and my <laughs> podcast, the tens of listeners, I'm looking at you, Janelle. <laughs> I feel like she watches Janelle's awesome. She's coming on here. I think uh, oh, next, nice. next week or two weeks from now. Um, but yeah, it's kind of not a lot of people will know these two podcasts are being recorded literally down the street from each other. Yeah. We, we live like a five minute walk from each other. Yeah. It took me like 30 seconds on a longboard to get to your house. It was awesome. Yeah. Um, I was going to say though, with podcasting, do you find it like challenging to have a co-host? Do you ever find yourself like, shut up, Chris, (laughs) I want, I, I actually assume that he probably wants me to shut up more than him. Uh, cause the reason that we do daddy issues is they're like, I just became a dad, like three. Yes. Congratulations again. Thank you. Yeah. It's like three, three and a half months ago. Uh, and I was trying to get into finding some good resources on how to be a good dad and how not to fuck up your kid. And the stuff that they make for us is garbage. Um, I got this one book called diaper dude and it was super <laughs> hipster and it's I made it through dude. like two chapters and there's the, how to be the okayest parent type of stuff. And it's just, it's, it's like, like dumbed down for it's, guys. It's hacky as shit. Like it's trying to be funny, but it's not. And yeah. It's interesting. I think there's still a bit of a stereotype towards like, like parenting being the mom's thing as opposed to the dad's. Which... Well, yeah. And, and I want to be as involved as I can be. Uh, my background is in, in psychotherapy, right? Cause like, yeah, I was going to ask you about that as yeah. a trade. I'm a psychotherapist. So I figure the best way we can learn from people is by talking to people with lived experience, right? Yeah. If, if I have a dollar and you have a dollar and we exchange a dollar, we both walk away with a dollar. But if you have a new idea and I have a new idea and we exchange ideas, we both walk away with a new idea. I've heard that somewhere before. Right? Maybe it was you who told I me. I think it might have been on my podcast. Yeah, yeah that's a great that. quote, though. Um, and and so that was kind of what I wanted to do with Daddy Issues, where we I bring on a comedian co-host that's like, you know, I really want Chris because he's got a do-it-yourself attitude. He's he's a comedian and he's got two kids. And he's interesting. Yeah, well, and he's interesting. He's got a life story. Yeah, right? exactly. Yeah, uh, And that life story feeds into experience of like – good and bad parenting and and how to do it. And I figure every person that I talk to who's a dad is going to give me another piece of information. So that's why we kind of shape episodes around those themes. Yeah, it's really smart, actually, because you're going to gain so much while having a good time, you know? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, the, the reason I asked about the co-hosting is because I know you guys recently, like, performed together. Oh, well... Did you guys actually like we, take the no, stage? No, no, no. We haven't done that yet, but we've done uh, a number okay. of shows together. Like Chris and I, we work together a lot, and that's why we decided to work together with this. Uh, him uh, and Heather Hurst and I, we try to get together and write together. Like we're all comedians, and we like to pitch ideas off of each other and see what sticks and what lands, and you know, help each other punch up nice. each other's jokes. Um, and so we love to work together. We like to travel together. And so when this idea kind of came as like, I want to talk to other dads about the things they're going through and the experiences that they're having, I was like, Chris, let's do this together. And he also was like, we'd wor- spent a lot of time working together because I went through a divorce a few years ago. And as that was happening, I found out that the house I owned had a crack in the foundation. And so Chris came in because he's a general contractor. Yeah, and he's he was pretty able- much good at fixing everything. Yeah, so we ended up spending like two weeks together just really working together on my house and fixing that foundation so you know we've got a good relationship and well when i came on your show i found you guys had um like just a really great vibe together there wasn't a lot of like you actually didn't cut each other off you had a good pacing with each other you know yeah my my job is to bring more of like the the stats and the therapeutic and the empathy side and he's supposed to bring the experience and we kind of balance each other yeah it's true it's a nice yin and yang for sure I've, I've heard that before. A few people, like, any feedback we've gotten, it's been like, your mic situation kind of sucks, but <laughs> <laughs> you guys have a really good vibe, and I dig that. Yeah, so. keep it up for sure. Yeah. That's why I was asking, because I, uh, when I saw your performance thing recently, I thought maybe you guys took the stage together and did, like, a No, like we a just bit. do, we just try to get on shows <laughs> together, and then we can, like, 
kind of focus it as like a, a daddy issue show. We're actually um, Janelle, who's coming on here. She hosts that show at Eddie's yep. and the Glebe. It's awesome. And show, yeah. uh, we were talking about in January doing like a daddy issues theme show where Chris hosts, I feature, and then we have other like pro-ams in the city that are dads who are on the show. Nice. And because she just, likes to do those theme shows. And You kind of actually just gave me an idea. We should do a show that's local comics that have podcasts <laughs> and then record the whole thing so and release it on each of our respective podcasts. Every comedian in Ottawa shows up to be on this well, show. Well, I mean, the ones that I guess that we we ask and okay. try to – like my idea when I first started doing this beyond just wanting to do it was I thought it would be cool to like connect with other people who yeah. have a podcast in the city and – you know, cross promote, just help each other out, help build a, that community of podcasters. No, that's fair. Seems to be growing everywhere in the world, so why not? Uh, you know, plug into the Ottawa network. There's there's an Ottawa podcasting festival that I think we're going to enter for oh, next shit. year. Oh shit! I did and not know this. I don't know how we would like put together like a, a stage show, but well, I mean, I think a lot of people they of yeah they just <laughs> I, I mean, if you're going to do a live one, I would think that you probably bring a few more notes and maybe have like a guest lined up that's going to also be. Uh, we could bring Stripper Mom and Uncle Freddy live. What is that? Their segment after the guests is like really bad parenting advice with Stripper Mom and Uncle Freddy. And it's just you guys doing voices? or No, it's Heather Hurst and Freddie Jones. Oh, nice. Okay, cool, cool. I don't know Freddie Jones, but I did meet Heather the other night. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So, they're, well, Freddie's not really doing comedy anymore, but oh, okay. he was just cool to come down and hang out in my basement. Old time's sake kind of thing. Yeah, he's, he's my baby's goddaughter, or godfather, so... And you, uh, you were telling me about those wicked because we're both geeks. We've talked about that a lot before, but you were telling me that you had done some of those comedy geek, um, you know, those con. It's not a contest, oh, but like BattleCon. BattleCon, BattleCon, yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. Um, that's that's run by Paul Ash out in Montreal. Uh, I think there's similar ones out there by uh, Tron Stark does one. Too. Troy Stark, uh, Troy? Troy Stark does uh, Troy Stark. the Nerdy Show with I think like Reese Turner. Maybe? Yeah, yeah, that sounds like. Pretty much what I was thinking of. But they're Montreal comics. Okay. Yeah, they're all Montreal comics that do the nerdy show. Okay. Yeah, they do um, Comic-Con out there and stuff like yeah, that. Yeah, they do yeah. Comic-Con here, which oh, I think oh. is like, we have enough nerdy comics that we should be able to yeah. do our own nerdy comedy show. And well, not and when you told me about the BattleCon, it really felt like something that I could be decent at too. Yeah. Well, do you know Paul? I don't think so. Uh, I think we're going to have him like try to come down. He's from Montreal, but like the next time he's in Ottawa, try to have him on the podcast. And I'll let you know, swing by, and I can introduce you. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, so Battlecom is great because it's like, um, do you ever see the debaters on CBC? Yeah, I ha well, I've listened to it in my car more oh, yeah, than yeah. I've watched it. But um, yeah, it's an awesome show. And I love any anything that's that format of like debating over, especially nerdy stuff. Especially nerdy shit. That's, yeah, we that's we talked like... about this on your podcast. I used yeah. to watch a show called Movie Fights that was right, very right. similar where they would be like, not like who would win in a fight, but more like, you know, who's the best character in The Force Awakens. And then everybody will pick one character and just do their little speech intro on why. And yeah. then they kind of and debate, then the debate, cut each other's points up and hope you know. to be funny. It was really entertaining. I always wished I could go on that. And now that you're telling me this is pretty similar, I, I honestly am super interested. And if you do it, because we only do it in Ottawa at the Ottawa Comic Con. But if you do it, you get a free pass to Comic Con. So, oh, sweet. Because yeah, you're, you're technically a panelist right yeah and i haven't gone uh in a few years because i find like i just it, it's fun but you know it's not always depending on your budget that week it's not always that cheap to go with yeah. the family and the last time i really spent money there was the year jason muse was there and that's i think where we met because we were in line we probably meet. met briefly before that but yeah that was yeah. the first time i said hey i know you yeah. yeah we actually had like a conversation in line waiting to why'd you spend so much that time Oh, it was just like there were people that I wanted to see and like I photographs bought a lot of and stuff art. like that. No, I, d I don't. Oh, no. I never do the photos. Like I just did like the selfie with Jason Muse. That was it. But I don't, no, don't do the professional shit. You know what's funny? That day I got. I think I did pay to get a picture with Jason Muse, and or it must have been Jason Muse. Somebody, maybe it was someone else that I, someone I wanted to photograph with though, and I paid, and then it turned out that person was done taking pictures for the day. So they're like, "Oh, you can get a free picture with somebody else that's still taking pictures." And I ended up getting a picture with Malcolm McDowell. <laughs> and he was super nice. And I was like, all right, this is a, right. as far as like stand-ins go, I'll take like That's Clockwork Orange. And yeah, this guy's super famous. And yeah, yeah, yeah. he was a really nice guy. That was that day though. That's hilarious. Um, yeah, I was going to say, so on the note of geekiness and podcasting, which we've kind of both been talking about, I told you already I had a gift for your guys' podcast. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, I'll, just, I'll just get it. I don't know if I should give them all to you or not, if you'll want them all, but... I, I don't say no to free shit. 
Actually, I should, I should intro it first. I should explain okay. first. Um, I got into these weird retro things called video discs. Okay. So there's one on the wall right there. That Star Wars the one. The Star Wars one. There's yeah. a Friday the Thirteenth one kind of I behind saw you. That, I saw that when I was walking. Those were the favorites that I found. But I, I bought a big lot of these things from some lady okay. for like twenty bucks, and I got like sixty of them or something. And uh, coincidentally, I had just heard about them from some guy at work, and he remembered them when he was growing up. They came out around 1980, and they were short lived. They only really existed for like maybe five years, and then they were quickly replaced by like uh, Betamax and VHS and. Uh, and it's not like a laser disc. It's about the size of an LP, but you're not supposed to take it out. You just okay. put the thing in the machine for like 10 seconds and then you pull it out and then it plays the movie. Weird. Right? Do you have but, a player for it? No. Okay. And the players are notoriously like fucked up when you find them online. It's always like missing the fan or missing the motor or whatever. Okay. Okay. Or broken this or that. So belts usually that's what it is. Um, so anyways, I thought like they make really good wall art for podcast studios and uh, I've got a few for you. Okay. The reason I said, should I give them all is because the longer movies, they would have to separate into like several discs. So what I've got for you is uh, star Trek, the movie, like okay. the original, the motion picture, which was fucking terrible. I, it I was an awful movie. The, that 15 minute alien <laughs> sequence where they're staring at the, Oh God. But nevertheless, it's Star Trek. It looks cool. You know, I've got a Star Trek corner in my studio. You've got that massive, um, and I got the massive movie spot. cutout thing. Yeah. yeah. The, the banner that they'd hang on the side of the movie theater. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's like it's, 20 feet. You, oh, that's the one you told me about, but I didn't see it, right? Oh, you didn't see that one? No, no, yeah. You said, oh. It's hiding the kitty litter box. <laughs> it's as you walk down, it's like right there. So Wait, that's the Spock one? That's the Spock one. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. I did see that then. Sorry, sorry. I was confusing something there. Um, anyways, I'm going to get them now, but I okay. didn't know if you'd want all three in case you ever get a player. <laughs> I guarantee you I won't get a player. <laughs> yeah, so pick your favorite color then. All right, sounds good. Um so, oh, yeah, and Superman. Oh, sweet. Yeah, so take one of these. Then. Yes, absolutely. Or do you want both of that one? You can. I might put one up, honestly. No, you know what? I'll take I'll take just one of the Superman. Yeah, I'll keep one of these for the studio. And then, yeah, pick. One of them's, like, gray, one's blue, and one's, you know, see what I mean? They're slightly Slightly Maybe different. this one's just discolored over time. But, yeah, I don't think the stained one. Okay, I'll take part one. There you go. There we Boom. go. This is awesome. These will definitely go up in the studio. See, that's what I'm saying, right? I just, I hold them up with thumbtacks and... Yeah, sweet. I, I got a couple more in there I think I might put up too, but oh, nice. anyways, boom. Gifts, I brought uh, you stuff too. Look at this. Christmas is coming yeah, early. Yeah, I brought you a House of X issue five of six. This is the new big storyline, right? It's the new big storyline. The reason you're getting five of six is because I accidentally ordered two copies for my sub guy. So uh, Gives me a reason to go get one one through four and start myself off. I've been hearing a lot about this, but I rarely have time to read comics You anymore. have to read it in conjunction with Powers of X. They go back and forth in the story. One of them's jumping through time, right? Well, you know what? I've only read Powers of X number one. I've already subbed to them. I just haven't had time to sit down and read the entire series. Yeah, so. the story of my life, man. Yeah. I also brought you a sticker for your fridge. It's, yeah, uh, it's that's a awesome. weed sticker because I know that you're into weed. The marijuana. And then You smoked a joint with me. You're into weed too, right? <laughs> you said it like you so weren't. I smoked a joint on the way here. You're in your wacky tobacco. Wacky tobacco. And then my business card so that way people Boom, remember yeah. who I am. Yeah, see, I told Matt to bring something to put up on the wall, which anyone who watches the show will know is something I like to surround myself with my experiences and people uh, who come on the show leave something behind. But M Matt's making it very clear that uh, you don't have to limit yourself to bring just one. <laughs> you can bring a business card and then give me cool shit too. No. Um, yeah, thanks a lot, man. That's awesome. No worries. That's uh, all definitely going to go up right after this. Um, speaking of X-Men, okay, this is something I actually wrote down. Uh, I saw on Facebook that there's apparently a petition that's reached 50,000 signatures Danny DeVito. for Danny DeVito to play Wolverine in the MCU. I'd buy that. Oh, it's obviously like a, a troll or whatever, you know, the whole thing. There's a lot of those petitions that are, I guess, legit, but everyone knows it's a joke. You know what I mean? I've, I've been seeing more and more of those. Like the Area 51 thing was like that. Yeah, like, like what, 60 people showed up? And just, yeah, and if anyone would have really tried it, we would have heard like, you know, 200 people dead. shot to death at Area 51. Um but yeah, I don't know. Danny DeVito as Wolverine would be hilarious in a way, but it got me thinking, what if we had to cast the rest of the X-Men horribly like that in like a comedic sense? Where could we go with that? And that, that was kind of what I was going to throw out. Okay. I wanted to start it off with Jean Grey being played by Kathy Griffin. <laughs> oh my God, that would be awful. <laughs> oh, that, that's what I'm going for here. Like try and pick the worst ones. Okay, you know? okay, okay. Um, Like... 
Like, uh, kind of fits, but is also terrible, you know? All right, so Gilbert Godfrey as Nightcrawler. <laughs> yeah, he's if not, I could he's not gonna a, be stealthy. If I could do a Gilbert Godfrey voice, I'm over here! <laughs> Sorry. Yeah, like, like he, so much for being stealthy, yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, um, Woody Harrelson as Professor X. <laughs> Would he shave his head? Of course. Of, okay, or, okay. No, he'd just wear a bald cap. Like a very like oh okay to look cap. cheesy on purpose yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. that that could uh, sort of what I'm going for here or I, you interchange Professor X every scene between Woody Harrelson and John Malkovich. <laughs> so you know now that you said John Malkovich, I almost think that's just the perfect Professor X. <laughs> exactly. I was he, like I was like I was like that would have been a good start. Yeah, I had put down uh, Matthew McConaughey as Gambit. Uh, it almost uh, actually kind of works. Yeah. <laughs> it's like, not that bad, but he, he could make it bad. I'm sure. No, no, that'd be good. Who was that uh, sickly kid from all of those like teenage movies? That DJ Qualls. Oh yeah, yeah. Um, what do you have him for? Like Toad or something? It, it could be Toad. Uh, I was thinking more like Cyclops or Iceman. <laughs> Maybe Iceman. No, that guy's just so. I don't mean to be mean to DJ Qualls because he's a great actor, but. He's definitely on the strange looking side. And I don't know, like you're picking Cyclops is always in my mind meant to be some, uh, you know, not chiseled, but Cyclops is always like a straight kind of cleaned up dude. I never would. DJ Qualls is like, yeah, it would be interesting. I feel bad saying it. Who's the perfect beast? Kelsey Grammer. Well, he was. He was beast. (laughs) I know. And that's kind of funny because he could fit on this list, but he actually was also beast. And that's why I think like when I was thinking beast, I was like, I can't think of someone to play beast because Kelsey Grammer is. He nailed it. It's weird because everyone hates that. The third X-Men movie there, the last stand. Uh, But I thought he was one of the high points for sure. Mm -hmm. And there was a couple other moments that weren't bad. Like. It got slammed. Other than the fact that he's an awful human in real life, like is I, he? Yeah, yeah. He's he treated his ex like shit. She's uh, well, I mean, but she's also I'm not like, condoning that the, by any means. But that could she's be she's on the Real Housewives, and it, it, she was her own problem. She's got her own problems, but there's I can see not a nice uh, Kelsey Grammer being like that old fashioned like Scotch drinking like you know Playboy type of dude. Who maybe smacks a bitch from time to time. <laughs> wow. We're sued now, Oliver. Yeah, Kelsey Grammer's going to sue Just Chill. And my 31 subscribers. That's right. 30, oh, maybe 32, I think. Oh, fuck. Um, no, yeah. he's, he's, I, but I love everything he does. Fraser is fantastic. I love Boss. Sideshow um, Bob. The Sideshow Bob. Down Periscope is one of, I laugh at that movie. I saw ever. that when I was a kid. Yeah. And my dad showed me that probably much too young. Because I remember being very inappropriate. Yeah, he's got like a tattoo on his dick. Yeah, right? that's what I was just going to yeah. say. That's the one part I remembered. That's the one part I remember. <laughs> that's how I know I was too young. <laughs> you don't You don't remember that? No. I think he had Up Periscope written on his yeah, cock, Yeah, Up right? Periscope is written on, yeah. And that way, yeah. You don't remember that? No. You showed me that movie and that's all I remember. So I must have been like nine. Um, One thing we've also asked people superhero related is uh, with the wall of inspiration what would you have as your superpower if you could be granted one power and flying is fucking out, as we talked about last time, flying's out. Um, We've had some interesting ones so far. Not much overlap either. Everyone's been pretty original, pretty creative. Shit. It's I, a tough question, it right? It is a tough but question. But a nerd, like a fellow nerd, I would have expected you would have. See, but flying is the thing uh, that I'd really like. I guess, I guess super I'm strength. so glad I got rid of you flying. Fuck you flying. Everyone's head goes there. We don't need that. We need people to dig deeper. I guess super strength. Super strength. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. That seems like an aggressive one to me, but I guess you could save motherfuckers with that too, right? Yeah. Well, like that's, that's the thing. Right? It all, it's all about how you use your power. True. True. Right? And super strengths. I mean, you got your, your definite functions for that exactly and you know there's no way you can't make a living if you can like throw a truck (laughs) yeah there's a lot of people uh (laughs) lining up to pay guys to throw trucks no one's been able to do it yet um yeah no but i think that's not a bad choice overall definitely no one's gonna mess with you what would you pick oh no one's ever asked me no one's ever turned it around or i think i mentioned once though uh i just kind of threw it out there that i like shape changing like uh okay just because I think it'd be fun. Like, I think you could mess with people and prank people like a Mystique? lot. Like Mystique? Yeah, yeah, like Mystique. Where you could just take another person's image. And you'd get, like, their voice sound and everything, too. Because okay, okay. I've always liked doing impersonations, but I think, like, if you could go full on, it would just be so funny. Like, you, you'd cool. have a job on SNL, like, 
<laughs> you know what? I would want to talk to animals. Oh shit! Yeah, like if I'm. So just, wait, are if, you? Are you? If I'm just like living a normal life, is this the first superpower take back though? Like, are yeah, you I taking think it, it back? Might be. I think it might be because if okay. I'm just living my normal life, I think it'd be cool to be able to talk to animals. Like, I would, I'm not gonna argue that. Yeah, yeah. I, I, that's Dr. actually Doolittle that speaks shit. to me a lot. I love yeah. animals, and I think that you could, uh, since you picked all animals too. Wherever you're gonna go, you're pretty much gonna have someone who can help you out, like a little furry yeah. friend or something. You know, that's pretty cool. Yeah, yeah. Well, I, I just assumed if you have the ability to communicate with animals, you have that like rapport with them like Aquaman has with the fishes and that kind of shit. Yeah, right? like, like I they I semi listen to you. I would try to speak at their level. So so you just start like barking and grunting and shit. Just on the street, like at a squirrel, just Wow. The superhero is not going to have very many fans. <laughs> Although that is probably a great idea for a skit. Just well, there's there. there's a squ- there's squirrel girl. Squirrel girl. Yeah, yeah squir- that's hard squirrel to say. Squirrel, 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 girl. squirrel girl. She's going to be in a cartoon or something, if I'm not mistaken. Yeah, I soon. think she's getting her own uh, Marvel show on Disney+. Disney+. Plus. Plus. They're doing a bunch. They're doing a yeah. what-if show on there. Yeah, that'll be fun. Oh, I'm stoked. And you know that's where like all the MCU voice actors are going to come back, yeah, like yeah. Uh, Robert Downey and all the people who are dead. <laughs> I'm kind of curious about the um, the Black Widow movie that's coming out in May. Yeah, you know what? I Doesn't that seem like an odd choice? Now that the, there's no, like, modern-day timeline, right? Because, like, they tried to keep it up-to-date as, like... As well, it's in 2023 out. is, like, but the present in the MCU right now. now right? So we have to catch up almost. Yeah, so, but Black Widow is also... It's set in the... Set in... Uh, I like think I, we're going to find out what happened in... Um, What's the B town that they're always talking about? Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Her and Hawkeye, the, yeah. where, where something went down. I cannot yeah. remember. I, and I'm kicking myself for, for <laughs> this is escaping my I'll, mind. I'll put it as an asterisk in the yeah. description for the episode because it'll probably bug someone else too. Um, but yeah, no, I, I just, the idea of doing a prequel for Black Widow, like, uh, spoiler, when she just died in Endgame, it seems like. Okay. Prequels in general are kind of meh because you're like, okay, I know this character is going to survive to a later date. So there's there's less stakes to me. It just doesn't. But if the Marvel Cinematic Universe is going to emulate what comic books are, nobody's ever dead forever. That's true. Right? But actors don't continuously de-age like comic books so it's almost better if they do die no that's fair you're absolutely right i don't want to see another iron man because we've had a solid they'll do riri williams or something as iron heart um and that's fine that's fine no i'm not saying that's bad i just hope they don't do it right away because we need some iron man break i think i love the idea of falcon becoming captain america it's a great comic book run (laughs) i would have been fine with falcon or um winter soldier because they've both been capped but i almost think it was the smarter move for falcon i think that falcon is a better character (laughs) yeah he's more deserving of the shield like the noble attributes of captain america and the honor bound sort of you know Falcon's always been there, whereas he's Winter much, Soldier's like killed a bunch of people. I was about to say, yeah, he's much less flawed than Bucky. So to be fair though, I bet you Cap killed a bunch of people in World War II, like in the name of like, you know, fighting Nazis or whatever. That's fair. It's heroic, I guess, and back Superman then. Superman killed Zod. Yeah, but that was like a big deal at the time and that when that movie came out, right? Everyone couldn't believe that he snaps his neck because it was so against the code. I personally didn't care about that. I mean, it I made me Superman. like Superman more. Yeah, I was like... Confession, I'm not a huge Superman fan. I've always thought he's just kind of boring. I don't like that he can do pretty much anything. I don't like that he has this Achilles heel that always comes up again, whether it's kryptonite or magic. It's like they made up magic because people were getting sick of kryptonite. (laughs) Like, I don't know. And there's all the other color kryptonites. I don't know. It's just like very... The tropes are just really worn out. Why? Because he's one of the oldest characters. And a lot of that probably worked in 1939? 1930s, 1940s. 1940, whatever it was. You know this, Dad? When, when did... It started in the 30s. Action Comics? So that's when the fact checks come in. Action Comics number one. Uh, I'm going to say, you want to bet was, on this? I think it's... Uh, 37's where I'm going. 34. You're going earlier? I'm going okay, earlier. Okay, now you got now there's like... There's no actual money on this, but I'm curious. Um, <laughs> he's like... Shirking, oh, like, oh, God, I got to look something up on my phone. Um, anyways, No, yeah. I liked it because it was unexpected, right? Like, that movie 
was a typical Superman movie until he snaps his neck. And he has to live with that repercussion. That's right? why I like that. His code. It broke the archetype. That's yeah. exactly why I, I liked that movie because it, it showed that Superman could be a badass and not always such a Boy Scout, always following the rules, always being just like, I'm from Kansas. Ding. Well, you know? it's why I love I love the killing joke. Like the Batman story, the killing joke, because it's against Batman's code to kill, right? And he goes to confront Joker and he's like, one of us is eventually going to kill each other someday, and I don't want that to happen. Whether it's you killing me or me killing you, so let's like Look how can Bruce kind of like? it's like it, it doesn't work. It obviously doesn't work. They don't, <laughs> you know. Is this the same one where he kills Robin or no? No, it's not where he kills Robin. That's Death in a Family. Um, this is where he shoots, I'm, I'm more he shoots guy, uh, hey. Barbara Gordon in the spine. And oh, she and becomes then she becomes Oracle. Oracle. Yeah. Okay. See, I know some. But like you know, Batman's realistic about you know I'm going to have to break my code one day because of this man. And so, you know, General Zod is one of, uh, yeah, it's one of Superman's biggest enemies. So, like, throwing in that twist of that neck snap is... But in the huge. movie, they presented it in a way where it was very much like he does not have another option. He And it, it was almost like you could tell he was bummed that he had to do yeah. it, you know? And Which, he has to live with that. Exactly. It was not dark. Like I liked it. It's not going to create a killer Superman, but it's going to remind him of what he is capable of. Yeah. No, it's nice to take a new angle on the character, even if it's just a subtle thing like that at the end of the movie. Because for me, like, yeah, I was just not excited to see that film at all. And then it really did surprise me. Do you think we're going to see this uh, Snyder Cut of Justice League? Uh, I've talked about this a lot with my neighbors, which uh, shout out to Derek and Ryan. They live next door. Hey, Derek and Ryan. They're huge, huge DC fans. And it's always been this hilarious thing ever since I met them. Because, uh, you know, we've. I think the first time I met Derek actually was over the fence. Uh, he smelled my weed or something like that, and he did like a Wilson, which he still does to this day. That's how I meet all my neighbors. <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, but we got into a talk about comics, and I didn't know he was like this huge Superman fan, and I was just being honest. I was like, yeah, I kind of like fucking hate Superman. Like, he's such a boring character. <laughs> so was, like, we didn't get off on the great comic book foot, but now we just bust each other's balls about the Marvel DC thing. Um, God, I don't know why I went into this now. It's all good. I, well, I asked uh, <laughs> well, yeah, if we're going to see the Snyder Cut. Oh, that's why. Yeah. yeah, I'm always talking about it with them because they've told me every little detail about it and it made me really curious because Darkseid would have been – or Darkseid? Darkseid. 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 Okay. I've wondered that since I was like a kid. Um, yeah, I don't know. It sounded way more badass. That being said, I actually kind of liked Justice League, if I'm oh. being honest. But that's coming from a Marvel guy okay. who went into it very loose, very much – like I hated Batman v Superman. So I was like, I think anything that was better than that was going to impress me at that point from the DC okay. universe. Did you see the extended cut of the Batman versus Superman? Yes. Because I liked the extended cut a lot more than I liked the theatrical cut. It was better. And so that's why I would hope that the Snyder cut of Justice League would actually do it a little bit of justice. Um. Yeah, I think, I think the, the Snyder cut would definitely be better. But as for Batman versus Superman, even with the extended shit... I honestly felt like it just made a movie I didn't enjoy even longer. And while I could see, <laughs> like, no, but while I could That's see, fair. it did add context and it did like sort of make sense of some of the other stuff that didn't really make that much sense. It was like three hours and what at that point when you had the extra like stuff? Three hours, three forty or something, or, 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 or no, maybe I'm wrong. Three twenty like or something. Three fifteen, three twenty. It's long. I, it's still I, to long. be fair, like, that's like Endgame. I, guess. I would say at that point in time, like, <laughs> which I'll see in a minutes. theater, <laughs> holding my urine in. It's DC. I'm like. Psh. No, um, I just didn't think it was a strong film. I oh, it wasn't. I don't know. I, everyone said Ben Affleck as Batman was the bomb. Um, but really, the the stuff I liked about Ben Affleck as Batman was like the, the Batman-y stuff, which you can't... Like, I'm not, and I'm not talking speaking. I'm talking about like when he was doing the really cool, like disappearing behind his cape up into the ceiling and like kicking people's asses and shit. But I don't know how much of that is Ben Affleck. Like, I didn't like the parts where he was talking. I didn't like the look of the face. The jowl. The Ben Affleck jowl. even jowls. That's harsh on the guy. It's Ben Affleck. (laughs) He's pretty chiseled. But but I don't know. Yeah, just something about him for me didn't really. That's fair. And also the fact that he was so much beefier than Superman. I think the biggest problem is we've had, we had such a perfect Batman and Christian Bale. Disagree again. You disagree. Oh, disagree wholeheartedly. Um, I I thought he didn't look like Bruce Wayne. I know that's a that's a weird thing to say, but my Bruce Wayne in my mind is more handsome. Sorry if you think Christian Bale's <laughs> handsome. I'm not saying he's ugly. I just think that he's not like billionaire playboy handsome. Okay. Um, that's that's a really minor thing, but it was more the voice. It, and I know people have made fun of this already, but the you could make fun of the voice. I thought that it was a solid character that led a solid trilogy. 
You know how I make fun of the voice when he's alone in a room with Lucius Fox, who knows he's Bruce Wayne, and he's still going he's like, <laughs> like, okay, dude, maybe maybe chill. Make you know, you're gonna need throat. a fisherman's friend real soon if you don't cut that out. I don't know. He's he's wrecking the vocal, or he used a modulator probably. But anyways, yeah. not a fan. But I loved Heath Ledger as the Joker. Okay. That's and fair. The, the third one I really didn't dig either. I, thought, I didn't dig the third one either. Batman Begins is my favorite Batman movie. The first one, yeah, that yeah. was pretty. Um, what's his name? Liam Neeson, Liam Neeson did a really good job, yeah. and it was a nice origin story. It was cool to see him as a ninja. Ra's al Ghul is one of my favorite like Batman villains too. So, did but, they do a Lazarus Pit in that movie or no? No, they didn't do a Lazarus Pit. Anyone who's not into comics has probably like flogged off a while yeah. ago. But uh, if you're like sort of into comics. Lazarus Pit is like his that's uh, where, that's where resurrection. That's where he heals. Like he resurrects and is able to have his life. Obviously, the Lazarus Pit was in it. I don't know if we see it. I, think, I don't know I if think it was in it. we might see it at some point because like, that's how he's... Did he ever die? In the, he didn't die in the movie. Yeah, he did. Did he? At the end because he's on the subway and the subway has been cut <laughs> okay. off. And Batman, he, like Razal Ghul's like, you can't kill me. And he's like, no, I'm not going to kill you. But that doesn't mean I have to save you. And then he jumps out of the train. Oh, okay, I do remember this. Crashes. But do you see him after that in the movie or no? No. Hmm. Maybe they were trying to set it up that he'd come back. Or something. It was going to be a trilogy. Yeah. You had to scrape up the tape to put into the Lazarus pit. Yeah. Is that how it works? <laughs> you have to put the body. So, like, yeah. if he's only, like... How old is he supposed to be in the comics? Uh, well, it varies on, like, what storyline you're looking at. Sometimes, well, roughly. Like, I mean, like, with Apocalypse, they say he's from, like, Egyptian times. He's, like, 5,000 years old. Well, there's old a lot of legend about Ra's al Ghul because there's always going to be a Ra's al Ghul, right? So yeah, it's not like they have his birth certificate. When right? Ra's al Ghul dies, another Ra's al Ghul comes to take their place. So someone rises as, like, it's like a oh, title. Like, did, oh, that I didn't know at all. Oh, so what's his action? Does he, do they know his name? Does he have, like, an alter ego? Well, you become Ra's al Ghul. Because, like, isn't there, like, a, I believe <laughs> that there's even um, a point in the comics where Batman becomes Ra's al Ghul? Oh, weird. Like he takes on the mantle or yeah. they talk about it in the movie about how he could take on the mantle of Ra's al Ghul. Cool. Yeah, I, that's all news to me. When I'm out of my zone with DC. I know some stuff, but some other guys like Ra's al Ghul. Or is, I always heard it was Ra's al Ghul. Well, it's R-A-S. It's apostrophe S. Well, yeah. Ra's, 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 whatever. I yeah, I don't know. Did you, did you find out what year Action Comics came out? April. Ah, you were closer. Yeah, and I didn't go over Price is Right rules. April uh, 1938. I, oh, I just hope they're hearing you. It's come through on everything else. I hear you. We got to get my dad a, a mic, though. And Yeah, well, I think, yeah, that's only fair. I like keeping him off camera, though, because, uh, like, sooner or later, he's going to come as a guest. And I, <laughs> But I want to build it up first for people like, who is this guy? Who is this guy? Oliver's dad. What's this for? Um, I, I did want to talk to you a little bit, though. You touched on it earlier about uh, psychotherapy. I thought that you were a clinical psychologist. I wasn't sure, like, what your title was. but No, no, I'm just, like, I'm a psychotherapist. Okay, There's which means what? What is the difference then? Well, a psychologist is, is a doctor who has their MD okay. and is able to practice clinical psychology. But not prescribe medication. Psychiatrists can prescribe medication. Okay. So which, that difference I knew. So the difference between that stream is, like, studying psychology versus studying psychiatry. So that's two differences. And psychology is more of a master's of arts or like an arts type of um, degree. It's not, it's still like science, behavioral science, but psychiatry typically goes through like master's of science route up to doctorate. Okay. Um, psychiatry uh, as a clinical doctor can prescribe meds. Psychologists cannot. I am underneath that as a psychotherapist. So I've got, I don't have a doctorate. But I am registered with the College of Registered Psychotherapists, so I have a legal registration in in Ontario that allows me to practice therapy and counseling. Okay, so yeah. you, you do a lot of similar types of things to what they yeah. do. You're just well, I started, slightly less accredited or whatever. Well, I studied. Uh, I did a double major in criminology and psychology oh, cool. in university, and my focus through my third and fourth year was addiction studies and addiction research because when I was 18, I moved to Vancouver and I lived on the streets in the downtown east side for a year oh, working shit. with a Bible college. And it was, well, it was weird as let's shit. Let's get we, into that. I don't know if we have time to get into that. Well, at least we got to touch <laughs> on that. I, that would have been on my uh, fucking list if I would have known. And um, so, like, I started to see, like, the correctional system as this revolving door for for street-entrenched drug addicts. Mm. So, originally, I was like, I'll go study criminology and psychology, and then I'll go off to law school. But the more I studied it, the more I got interested in drug addiction and, like, the government's policies. And, you know, it was at the same time, like, 
it was 2003 when I was in high school when the Portugal project started, the decriminalization decriminalization of all drugs in Portugal. Okay. Um, They've and, done that in other countries now too as well, right? Uh, Portugal's like the big one. but Some it's, European countries, I thought. There happened. are some more European countries. Or maybe not everything, talk. but very lax on and more. We've, we've got people in like, like NDP caucuses that would say we need to decriminalize all illicit drugs. And and around the time I was in university, <clears throat> sorry, it was the time that these results were starting to come out showing that not only were, was crime dropping, mm-hmm. there was no uh, real, they were worried about drug tourism. Drug tourism didn't go up, um, but they're also seeing that addiction rates were dropping. And the reason well, for if which- If I can just, sorry, just interject briefly, I was going to say, um, it seems like if you legalize drugs, that's definitely going to help make it less enticing for crime, but that's different than like advertising it as well. So, so they're not legalizing it, right? They're decriminalizing it, okay, which sorry, means that it's not it's not a criminal offense to have drugs or to take it within a certain amount, right? Okay. If you have more than a certain amount, that's trafficking. And so what it was is they were able to divert money from policing drug use and drug possession to policing more like the the traffickers the main level the big dealers head like the like, bigger head honchos yeah, yeah. and then reinvesting money into treatment centers because like in Ontario if you don't have money to get into an addiction treatment center you're on a fucking wait list right mm-hmm. and you know for for addicts depending on like your level of street entrenchment two weeks is enough time to change your motivation. It's enough time to get away from bad influences. And... I, well, I mean, I mean, if you're if you show up and you're told like come back in two weeks and we might have a bed for you. Oh, okay, yeah. Like that motivation to go back, that motivation to to get clean, um, because you when an addict wants help, you want to start working with them right away. Yeah, before right? they slip back in. Well, and yeah. it's it, you're it's not you're not worried about the slips because the slips are are fine. The slips are natural. You're just technically working with someone who has the motivation to start doing that work right okay fair enough. so they're they're at the change talk part of their conversation they're yeah. ready to action some of their change in their life so let's because start... you can't go too gung-ho all at once or you'll just scare them off well, probably, some, right? some people can some people are able to go cold turkey and maintain it other people need to like do more harm reduction mm. um but at the same time if someone's calling it for help don't turn them away and say come back in three weeks yeah that's right uh not gonna lead to anything good in vancouver it's it's epidemic or at least it was when i was there i was there 2005 2006 well there's a fentanyl shit now too yeah and fentanyl shit was is is huge now at this time they were doing like the naomi project which was um uh an opioid it was like the first like prescribed like we're giving drug addicts opioids to take but methadone and stuff yeah it was kind of like methadone we had methadone clinics in ottawa yeah it it was it was kind of like methadone but they were actually giving them like a certain level of controlled substance drug Hmm. and they weren't allowed to take more than that so it was like maintaining them as they were coming down and kind of helping them weaning them off off. Yeah, yeah yeah uh insight which is was the first safe injection site uh was only like one or two years old so like it was changing, but there weren't there weren't enough beds, and you have all these slumlords running like these single room apartments. Uh, collect- sketchy shit, going sketchy, on. Sh- sketchy yeah. shit. Like I lived in one called the Balmoral, and we had like drug dealers in the hallway. We had prostitutes living it, like ours are next door neighbors. You had um, like a guy that brewed crystal meth in a bathtub at the end of the hallway every once in a while. Like it was insane. So like you can't escape that lifestyle if you're entrenched there and yeah. you show up for help and you're turned down. So that's it- where my focus went into addictions is like to try and help that, uh, that kind of population. And I ended up going off to right out of university. I got a job as um, an addictions counselor with the sobriety house, okay. which is like for men 17 and older. I was doing overnight shit. Uh, it sucked because it's a residence. <laughs> um, I got in trouble for taking an energy drink in because I was oh. doing an overnight shift. Right. And I didn't even think about and it. I took an energy like, drink and yeah, it's yeah, like, that's stimulant. a trigger for somebody. Yeah, so, fuck. um, you know, you'll learn a lot on the job. And then I ended up getting a job working as an addictions therapist, uh, in the high schools. And I spent five years working in the high school system, um, as an addictions counselor. Uh, so I had all these hours and then Ontario decided that we're going to regulate anybody that does any form of counseling. So you mm-hmm. had to have a certain level of schooling and a certain number of face-to-face hours of actually doing therapy to be able to become a psychotherapist. Wow. Uh, so I was able to register as that and now that's what I do. Wouldn't it be funny though, if you were just a therapist and then you killed a bunch of people, cause then you'd still technically be a, th- a psychotherapist. 
<laughs> Sorry. <laughs> it's better than the like the title Psycho the Rapist. Yeah, yeah, from um, Arrested Development. Arrested yeah, Development. Yeah, that's what I was thinking yeah. of. And now Rapist. Man, that's that's a really interesting uh, just thing to talk about in general. Like safe injection sites is something I know a lot of people argue back and forth about because it's an interesting idea. And I think in generally I support it overall, I would say, but it seems like it could be. Are you a NIMBY guy? What's that? Not in my backyard? Uh, no, not necessarily. I think I would just need to research it a little more. But my gut instinct says that it's it's the better, like lesser of two evils kind of thing. It's you know sa- what I mean? It saves lives. Yeah, exactly. That's um, what I'm saying. I don't love the idea <laughs> that junkies are just being like. People living with addiction. Sorry. <laughs> I don't know, man. Maybe that's too harsh. But like maybe if you're living with an addiction, hearing the word junkie might make you go, hey, I don't want to be that. Or, or it'll make to... you create an us versus them. Yeah, I guess. I don't know. Yeah, clearly you, you've got the knowledge on this. My bad. It's about reducing harm. Is that's junkie like a bad, bad fucking word? It's like calling a pro- like a, a sex worker or a prostitute like a whore or a yeah. hunter. Hmm. Right, Damn. you're devaluing them, and you're you're creating that label as that is all they are. It's true. When if I work with a with a drug addict, uh, they're just like if I work with anybody. It's like when you eat your food, do you like do the dishes afterwards? Yeah. Okay. So does that mean that you're also a, like a dishwasher? You're a dishwasher some of the time, right? Yeah. It doesn't mean that you're a dishwasher. That's not the only thing about. No, you. that's true. That's fair. Uh, you yeah. know, you uh, you have a but bunch a of lot of them. They fucking do drugs all the time. Oh, a, a <laughs> so, lot of them do. A lot of them do. Just in my defense, but you know. But at the same time, it's, it's an that's addiction, That's what constitutes right? a junkie. I'm just saying there's a lot of them that check that fucking punch card pretty goddamn often. And then you watch fucking shows like My Strange Addiction, which makes like a joke out of it. Yeah, yeah, for sure. Well, some of those are weird ones. There was one chick who was addicted to um, like putting fucking scissors in her ear and scratching in there. Yeah. What and the fuck? You know that's what I have addiction. to say about that is that we would call that a concurrent disorder because there's got to be something else going on other yeah. than addiction that creates that idea that it's... I need to drink dish soap or yeah, I yeah. need some to of them eat the feathers out of my bonkers. pillows. Yeah. That's, that's mental health alongside addiction so yeah. like concurrent disorders there um, um no no my bad I, I i never really even considered junkie to be like but to hear what you're saying it does make sense to see that as and like i'm also kind of busting your balls no no but i know like yeah. Yeah, my, my my when i'm at work it's a strength-based approach right it's always a strength-based approach when i'm with comics like i'll i'll shoot the shit and like like you know i'll bullshit to a point but uh, you know, there's also that dignity part that comes into to play. No, too, and right? I, that's why I love doing this show is because I learned little things like that that just, you know, I didn't consider. We all consider. walk away with an idea. Exactly. <laughs> yeah, and that too. That's a great idea that I can then tell someone that, that quote, you know, because it does really get your mind thinking. Um, shit, man. Um, fuck, I don't know what else to say on that other than that's that's deep, man. Your story from Vancouver is pretty crazy. and It was it was weird. You sound well-versed. Ha. <laughs> I, uh, I was, I was a weird kid. Like I grew up in a very religious household. I thought I was going to be a preacher because my dad was like a street preacher here in Ottawa. What's a street preacher? Like a guy that would stand out under like the Rideau Center bridge and like paint pictures about Jesus and preach to the crowd. Jeez. Yeah. But not getting paid or anything. No. Just doing it for. My, my grandmother was a, was a preacher. My uncle, uh, two of my uncles were preachers. One of them is actually like the third highest ranking member of like the Salvation Army in Canada, which is a very evangelical Christian church. I had no idea. So I always thought that I was going to like follow the family. Is your family all still super religious? Yeah, my family is all very religious. I don't know why I just didn't, uh, you strike me as like a science guy and like a, not, not to say you're a nerd or something, but like you do the audio for your show and uh, you're into comics like me. I don't know why I struck you as like an atheist for some reason. <laughs> no, no, I'm not even an atheist. Like no. I, I think I'm a little bit more agnostic these days, but sort of how I, I, I like to, be, I'd like to think that the way I was raised or the things that I was taught when I was like your a scruples. Kid, were like have some basis of fact in it. However, I can't stand behind the hatred. Yeah, right? that's kind of. I can't of... stand behind the discrimination. I can't stand behind the ignorance because, like, if the Jesus that they preach is the real Jesus, like, they wouldn't be living the lifestyle that they live. And it's not like their religion isn't always about. And I'm not just talking about. I'm I'm talking about like I'm lumping a whole religion in here based on what we of see course. in yeah, yeah. evangelical Christianity and like the states in Canada today. The Bible Belt, like really hardcore. Yeah, take and, every word. 
it's not about love, right? And that's the entire thing. Like Jesus was all about like love your neighbor, and instead it's like I gotta protect what's mine. Guns not in my backyard. Well, that's a whole other level. I was just gonna say based on on the love thing. Like I went to Catholic school until grade eight, and it wasn't because my parents were religious, but they were just the good schools in the neighborhood they or whatever. The good schools in the neighborhood. Yeah, like uh, I don't know. Ask my parents, but <laughs> um, yeah, I feel like the same way that I feel like I learned like a lot of good morals. And uh, the base root of things I, I appreciate. But when I became a teenager and I started to, like, make friends that were gay, and then I was like, okay, well, not that I was, like, a practicing Christian or anything, but, like, that's when I really started to wrestle with any of that shit that might have been left over from when I was a kid. It was just like, whoa, no. Like, I'll, I'll have a connection with God. Yeah. I, I'm going to ponder about spirituality and try not to be a shitty person, but I can't get in on some sort of group that's going to say, oh, you're fucking going to hell because you love another dude or chick or, or whatever, you know, whatever your case may be. That's just bananas. Like, well, like love, you know, that's what's yeah, important. The church is also obsessed with sex, right? When you, when you vilify something so much, it gets so repressed. And it seems so hypocritical when all their priests are fucking little boys. Well, and then that's they're... why they're like, it's, it's they're, so they're all repressed. Like they're acting out sexual fantasies because they don't have a proper relationship. They have no sex. conduit to release any of that. Yeah. So it's not to refer to like their wife as a conduit or whatever, but just the, the ability to have sex. I mean, yeah. Yeah. And it was weird. Cause like growing up, I grew up with all these biases, right? Like I grew up like, you know, not, I wouldn't say I was anti-gay, but I was definitely not sensitive to the situation. Right. I was not sensitive to the situation of like abortion and stuff like that. Like it took a lot for me to grow as a human. Well, it's hard if everyone in your family was probably on well, that side of things, I'm guessing. Yeah. Every time I go home, there's always like arguments and fights that break out. I was going to ask. Like, yeah. That type of stuff. But like I went to this Bible college in Vancouver that was called the war college. Yeah. Two. It's a two year program. The to war get of what? The war college. No, but what does the war signify? Well, like, why like, is it called that? <laughs> Sounds like, very you know, unchristian. Like on, onward Christian soldiers marching as to war with the blood of Jesus going on before. That's, you know, I've never heard that, but that sounds no, that's, that's like, terrifying. That's a Christian hymn. Well, I was going to say, yeah, onward the Crusades Christian and all that, right? Soul- they- no, this is like from like the 1800s. And oh, Salvation so. Army shapes itself as like the warriors of Christ, right? They're, that's what they try to to sell themselves as. Like we're fighting the war against injustice. We're fighting the war against poverty. We're fighting the war against the devil. And we're making so, money off of secondhand clothes. <laughs> they don't make money. They really no, don't. no. Valley that's, Village. It's one. Of, it's one of the few charities where like ninety percent of the money like goes right back into the community, and the others like is staffing. They're very underpaid staff. Yeah. Gets paid like minimum. It's Value wage. Village then. I thought one of them was. Pretty... Value Village has just had to release a thing saying that they're not a real charity. Yeah, because I used to work there when I was like 18. And, and they the only thing charitable that I knew that they did was they would take what they would call the rag outs or rag offs or whatever. It was. it was all the fucking pieces of clothing we would get that was too stained or nasty to sell. And they would have this big ass machine in the back and they would like make these gigantic bundles that they would compress down and then put this like t- metal twine shit to keep it and then they would ship it to africa okay that was the only thing if you can call that charitable i guess like, if you have no clothes then stained nasty ones that westerners won't accept as passable oh, you know anyways that doesn't that was my experience at value village circa 2003 <laughs> yeah fresh no. out of high school that was my year off go work at value village my parents must have been so proud yeah, this this two year program would have only gotten me an associates in pastoral ministry as well. Like I don't even know what that means. Uh, <laughs> uh, I didn't finish. I only did one year, and then when I applied for my second year, they turned me down. Uh, so I like to joke that I got kicked out of Bible college. Uh, well, I got into. So badass. We weren't we weren't allowed to have relationships at this time as well because like. The only relationship that you're supposed to have is like with Jesus. And I, I made a joke that I've been poking holes in that condom for years and they didn't really like that. Uh, <laughs> but I also, <laughs> I also started dating uh, another student there um, who actually got accepted for the second year. <laughs> Weird. Yeah. Uh, but I also would, I, they said so they put me on probation. Um, and they said like one more fuck up and you're gone. But I would always make fun of the fact that I was on probation to their face. Like I was kind of a shit. About yeah, you were it. like the rebel of the Bible. Camp. I was That's definitely, hilarious. I was definitely like the black sheep of my class. Actually, I wasn't the black sheep because there was one guy that graduated. They call you Azrael or something. One guy graduated and then they took away his diploma after they found some stuff out about him. 
So God. I wasn't like the only black sheep, but I was up there. Why? What did they find out about? I, I'm friends with him. I'm not going to say it. Oh, okay. Fair enough. <laughs> Sorry. I thought it was some guy you haven't seen in like a decade no, or something. I haven't seen him in a decade because he's from Australia. Was it worth it at least? <laughs> I think it was. I think, you, I, I, I think it was for him. That's crazy. So, wow, so, that yeah. could have been a totally different life for you. But, like, I was literally, like, living in a slum hotel, eating at shelters. Um, you know, I became good friends with the people that were living on the streets. It's, it was, like, that was the year that taught me to become the person that I am today. Because you're you're dealing 100% in empathy. You're dealing with people who have nothing. Meanwhile, if I didn't like what they had at the, the shelter for food call up my parents and see if they could send me five bucks to go get some pizza right yeah, yeah. like like i still had so much privilege even though like i was there and living with them with bed bugs and cockroaches and mice and all that shit well like you said there's a lot of people who are just you know down on their luck or trying to figure things out or in a bad spot but um the part i get freaked out about maybe it's just because i have anxiety but with with people who are in that situation a lot of the time i get like a bit of a a danger sense of just like self-preservation because sometimes those people are just as likely to freak out and do crazy shit. I had a guy downtown break my finger, some crazy asshole, homeless guy. Yeah. I've never told the story. I thought about making it like a stand-up bit or whatever. Oh, here we go. (laughs) Um, No, I was walking um, with, with Kelly a couple years into dating and it must've been like 1230 at night on Rideau street. Like it was getting late on a Friday night or whatever. And we're walking by, and there were some people out. It wasn't like a ghost town or anything. And someone just walks by from behind me and takes my my hat, like a ball cap I had on, okay. and then just keeps walking, right? Like, doesn't say a fucking word. And it caught me so off guard. I was like, is this a prank? Like, who is this guy? And I start, and he was a tiny little dude, too. So I started kind of going like, hey, man, like, uh, can I have my hat back? Ha <laughs> ha, you know, whatever. Nothing. So I keep kind of pacing along with him and saying, hey, uh, like, and trying to get more stern in, in my voice, I guess but kind of weirded out too. Meanwhile, whoever was around in the area, I remember them as being kind of like college frat guys. They saw that it was getting like heated and I was starting to yell at this guy like, yo, give me my fucking hat. So they start following along. And um, we start kind of explaining to them what happened, at which point Buddy gets kind of a lead and and gets away a bit. And I saw him off in the distance and I'm like, you know what? I'm just going to run by, grab my hat and keep running. And he thinks he's lost us. So this will work out fine. I run by... The second my hand touches that hat, no movement. It's like a fucking robot's hand is gripping it. Like T-1000's got this. And then his hand just slides over my hand, which is also grabbing the hat, and just like crushes my fucking hand. And my finger is still all fucking crooked. Oh, jeez. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got used to it, I guess. Um, and then, yeah, so while I'm like fucking keeled over holding my hand, we were probably drunk or something, so I probably was kind of just like processing the situation. Like, how bad is this, you know? Uh so I got delayed and then Kelly and these, this group of people that was following us, they kind of keep following the guy and Kelly goes, Hey man, give him his fucking hat. I ju- I'm just catching up at this point, holding my hand. And then he fucking winds up to swing to punch her in the face. Okay. I'm too far away to get in front or yeah. Cause I'm still like uh, over here. And, uh, she does this like matrix fucking totally dodges <laughs> the punch. I was like super proud. And then the second that happened, those three guys that were following us just fucking beat the shit out of him. They just got on him and like to the point where I wasn't comfortable. They're like kicking him and while he's on the ground and shit. But for like five seconds, cop car rolls up. They start arresting the guys who were kind of helping us because this guy yeah. was just trying to punch a woman. Right. And we had to kind of just explain to the, the cops like, yo, these guys like maybe shouldn't have gone so hard on him. But if you were here five seconds earlier and saw this guy taking a swing at this lady here, yeah. I think you might have, you know, not to say women can't defend themselves, but um Actually, clearly Kelly can. <laughs> um, anyway, so while that we're talking to the cops, this guy who got the shit kicked out of him just gets up again like a fucking robot, looks at me. I look at the hat. I'm just like, you can fucking have it. And then he walks off into the night. And that's, that's the story of my broken finger. And your lost hat. And my lost hat. Yeah, it was a Volcom hat. It was, it was more the sentimental. That's the whole reason that I kind of followed him. It was just one of those hats that had been threw me with a lot of shit, you know, it wasn't worth anything by any means, but yeah, shit happens, you know? And that actually, I I try to look back on that night as like, try to take something positive away. And what I learned from that night was sometimes you just got to let material shit go. And also I'm sketched out by fucking homeless people. (laughs) That's an insane story. (laughs) That's, that's fucking nuts. Right. (laughs) I don't know. Yeah. It was pretty nuts when it happened. And now that I'm actually telling it, it is pretty crazy, but uh, yeah, you got you, you got like a good like minute and a half bit out of that. 
Yeah, maybe. I just yeah. never knew how to phrase don't, it. Don't you know? end it on like the guy getting the kick, the shit kick. Yeah, it's a little him. dark. <laughs> <laughs> Even for me, I didn't want the guy to get hurt because I knew he was probably fucking disturbed. I just wanted my goddamn hat back. And, you know, when he tries to punch your your significant other in the face, that's when I was kind of like, when you, all right, yeah, I'm not going to goons, <laughs> like, do your thing for a couple seconds at least. <laughs> um, I, I feel like we, you probably got to go soon, man. You said you I'm had probably. to be out of here at 930. Right, well, it's like. It's 921. Shit, son. Oh, yeah. My, Luckily, you can get home in like fucking 60 yeah, seconds. Yeah, 930 is, is the baby's bedtime, and I like to try and be around for that. Just to, I don't get to spend a lot of time with her during the day because I work. Oh, you don't have to explain, dude. She's three and a half months old or even at any age. Yeah. Wanting to see your kids is fucking respectable and a perfect thing to high-five end this on. All right. High parenting. To, to good parenting. Um, we'll put this shit up on the wall. You yeah, do have to play a match with me on, on this before you leave if you have the time. Absolutely. Absolutely. I live five minutes away. So. Yeah, come back whenever whenever you want. We should have you and Chris on if we can get a, another mic up in here. Yeah, we can do that. Cool. I'm All down. right. All right. Episode seven's done. Peace out. Let me be here. Yeah. Come back anytime. All right. See you. Bye. Boom. Nice.